Well, you and I've worked together as actors and directors, and we have much the same approach, which is, you know, you kind of cast the right person, which right. is, in general, the great saving grace of directing. <laughs> Welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. Today's episode takes us behind the scenes of director George Clooney's new coming-of-age drama, The Tender Bar. Adapted from a memoir of the same name, the film tells the story of J.R., a fatherless boy who hangs out in a bar that caters to an assortment of quirky characters with his fatherless uncle. As his mother struggles to provide her son with opportunities and to move out of her begrudgingly supportive father's home, JR begins to pursue his romantic and professional dreams. In addition to The Tender Bar, Mr. Clooney's directorial credits include the feature films The Midnight Sky, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, The Ides of March, The Monuments Men, and Suburbicon, and episodes of the miniseries Catch-22 and the series Unscripted. He was nominated for the DGA Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Feature Film for his 2005 feature, Good Night and Good Luck. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Clooney spoke with fellow director Jason Reitman about filming The Tender Bar. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Hi, guys. So they've asked us to leave the mask on. I don't know if I should take that personally or not. <laughs> you turn 60 and they're like, leave the mask on. <laughs> yeah. Used to be, no, take it off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you checked if you got a booster like four times before you came out here. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hi, guys. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Everybody good tonight? <laughs> so... About 10 years ago, you and I made a movie together. Yes. And it was all about living alone and not having a family <laughs> and not having kids and just being in the air the whole time. Yeah. It, it had a very strict philosophy. It was very easy then. And something I've noticed since you've had, since you've become a father. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about that. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. George Clooney, everybody. We have, we have time for one more question. Yeah, it's funny. These it? films have become very tender. Yeah, I get a little soft now. You know, no, they're beautiful, <laughs> but they're very, very sweet, and I can't help it. Like, I'm watching tonight's movie, and I'm watching Midnight Sky, and they're movies about fatherhood. They're movies about being a child. I mean, I'm sorry to go right into this, but like, <laughs> it is the first thing that hits me, and they're they're beautiful. This is a this is one of one of your most beautiful films, and it is all about the identity of being a father and being a son. And look, every film we make is autobiographical in one way or another. Yeah, I guess so. You know, it's funny. I never really thought about it. I, I really didn't think about it. I sort of. You know, there's funny things that happen in your life. You, you know, this was a script that was sent to us by, uh, you know, Amazon. They just said, you know, here, you want to do this. And um, and I read the screenplay and, you know, uh, Bill Moynihan wrote it and he's a really wonderful writer. And uh, and I thought, wow, this is such a beautiful piece. Mm. Don't know if anybody, you know, I, I don't know if we'll attract, I, I thought we'd attract actors, you mm. know, because actors are attracted to material where you get to 
we get to talk a lot, as you guys might have some <laughs> idea. And we called up Ben right away, and he said, yeah. And so we, we knew we were going to be able, you know, we knew we'd have the actors. We didn't know if we'd get sort of the backing of the studio. And, you know, these are kind of films that aren't, you know, these aren't slam dunks, as you know. We've done them before. Um, it, it takes a little bit of a, uh, you know, it takes a little, you know, they got to be willing to take a, a big dive on these. Because it's a kind of a film that's hard to do, um, you know, it's the budget's usually pretty low on these things, right? Um, but we shot this in the middle of COVID, and so it really doubles your budget, uh, literally doubles it, because you know you're putting two people in a van, and those of you who are directors here also understand this is like, uh, you know, everything gets slowed down, and you know we're talking to a, of directing a kid with a mask and a right, visor, right, right. and you know, you know, somebody spraying us all the time, um, <laughs> as if that hasn't happened to me my whole life. Um, you know, so there were so many elements to this that made it um, a, a challenge to, to get even, you know, the guys to make the film. Uh, and Was so, it? Because it seems like it happened immediately when I found out you had a movie. Because yeah. last year, <laughs> just literally last year, you made what I think is the most complicated movie you've ever made. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, this guy is gorgeous. And, like, I looked at it as a director and I go, I don't even know how you approach that. Yeah. And the idea that it is a year later and... And you have this, and this is a sprawling. I thought this was going to be a very small movie. <laughs> this takes place over time. I mean, it's a very big film. Yeah, it moves around a little bit. I mean, we were in Boston for most of it, which is funny. I'm sure that'll just cause a stir. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, this was this is a um, this was a script that was ready to go. And you know, oftentimes, you know, when we're when we're trying to make a film, when all of us are trying to make a film. You know, we're struggling with making sure that the script is ready because that's the thing. We can't make a film without a good script. Yeah. And so the script was ready to go. So we thought, well, let's just see if we can get it going. And, you know, we just kept plugging away. And, you know, Amazon just said, yeah, let's do it. And we were really surprised really? at the speed. Yeah, we were really surprised because all of a sudden we were in pre-production. I was like, well, I guess we're going to make it now. And, um, you know, it was it was a surprise. I mean, am I being naive that... Uh, if it's you and it's Ben, it's just, let's go make it? Yes, you're being naive. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. It's, it's as you know, as you know, uh, all of these are harder to get made than you think they are. And this one, Ben jumping on made a big difference, you know, because he was the right actor for the part. And, you know, he's Ben and he's a big star and he's really talented. And, you know, the thing was, Ben came onto this one saying, you know, he really wanted, you know, he, he's a really interesting actor. I've known him a very long time and been friends with him. He's aging into his roles and he's aging into this role in a way that's really beautiful. You know, he, the last film he shot that he was an actor in, um, uh, where he was the basketball coach, he was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. He was yeah, really fun. good in that film as well. But there's something that, there's a maturity to him you know, uh, uh, he's always been terrific, if you ask me, as an actor. And, you know, we did Argo together and we've been friends. But watching him become a guy who's vulnerable, because he's always been, you know, so physically right. strong. Watching a guy who's vulnerable was really exciting. And he just jumped in with both feet. So he made it fun, made it easy. I mean, I find actors in general, when they work with you, do some of their best work. Uh, this is the best I've seen 
then I, 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 I was actually trying to think, like, all right, what's my second favorite uh, uh, performance? And right now, this one's like really clear. I think this is his best performance. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Ty's amazing in that. And Ty's I've seen great. Ty in a bunch of things, but this is the best he's ever been. Now, the kid is my favorite. So, you know, the kid. Where did you find him? All right, so we started reading kids. Now, I played a doctor on ER, right? But I played a pediatrician. <laughs> so I had to work with fucking kids. <laughs> And you know, you want to kill him. You know, you're like, you know, hey, I just worked with Robert De Niro. Did you see? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Get away from me. You know? They're kids. And you know what you really realize is, you know, you know, at that age, you know, when the, the, the actor kid comes in with his hair moosed and his collar turned up, like, you're just kind of like, okay, dude. You know, you at nine, who, whoever, you know, it's the person who's right for the part. So a buddy of mine sent me this TikTok video of this foul-mouthed little You're a shit. fan of TikTok, right? I'm, I actually, uh, yeah, exactly. You know me. I, I literally, I, I, I just, my phone barely works. But a buddy of mine sent me this video, and it's this kid, like, going, hey, the fucking lockdown is like a fucking bullshit. And it went viral. He ended up on Jimmy Kimmel. And I saw it and I was like, well, why can't that kid do it? Right. You know, why not? And so we had him read over Zoom, which we do nowadays. And I thought, I think he could do it. Now, I, you know, sometimes you just get lucky. You know, sometimes it's just, just pure luck. This kid showed up. So there's a scene there um, uh, where we have uh, uh, um, Max Martini's the, the dad, playing the dad, who's great in this and very dark and messed up. And we have a, a, a driving scene that's a seven-page one And that we did one take with that kid who's never acted before. And one take in a one with a seven-pager. And then we were like, I looked at Grant, the producer, my buddy, and we're like, right, right, we got it. And we walked away. So, you know, that's just luck when you get a kid like that who could, uh, who could deliver that well. So we got lucky, you know, in a lot of those things. Uh, but, I mean, how, pro how different is your approach? I mean, how different do you think your approach is because you're an actor? Like, really, at the end of the day. Well, you and I have worked together as actors and directors, and, uh, and we have much the same approach, which is, uh, you know, you kind of cast the right person, which right. is, in general the great saving grace of directing right. is, you know, Lily Rabe is a brilliant actress and you can take her in and put her into a situation and say, you know, uh, 30% more on the gas, you know, right. in the scene like the, you know, the open the letter scene, you know, right. and you do the first take and it's kind of fun, but it's low and you just go, I think this could be like 78% higher. And right. she's like, okay. So it's easy when you cast the right actor you know, it's the same thing. You know, how many wonderful actors did we get to do and up in the air and, and watch them fit perfectly into it? And then you would gauge them by going, eh, or, eh but just slight adjustments. You know, it's, it, it's the confidence in higher, it, it, the actors have in the director. I think they have it when I had it when I worked with you. I think that uh, actors have it with me because I'm an actor. And so, you know, I, I'm not looking to lead them down the, the wrong way is in performance. You know? Do you think there's a part of them that's going, how would you do it? 
Well, unfortunately, I do do that sometimes with actors. Not actresses, but sometimes with actors, I'll go, you know, like, and they're like, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the line reading, asshole. Um, so I, I have to forget, you know, sometimes you have to forget the fact that you're, you have to let that go. Do you think Ben is at all finding his way through you on this one? I mean, do you think that I was watching him in this and wondering if he was channeling you in some of the stuff he was I don't doing. know. No, I doubt that. I think, I think even that... Even some of the little movies... Yeah, every once in a while, there would be even, like, hand moves, and I'd be like, oh, he's doing George. Oh, that's funny. It. Well, he's very, you know, he's got his hands moving all... He's like an Italian, you know? But he's... Uh, no, interestingly, the, you know, he showed up... He understood what this part was from the minute he got on the set. He wrote me this long, beautiful letter just saying, dude, I so get this. I know what it is. I know what you want. I know what... I right. want to do. He showed up every day. He was the first guy on the set. He knew all everybody's lines. It was really fun to work with Ben, and I've worked with him a few times. And it was just, you know, it was an absolute pleasure. And so I, you know, whatever he got, if he got any help from me, it wasn't much because he was doing he was doing a lot of. Uh, he showed up really prepared and ready to go. Mm. You know, how well did you already know this world? I mean, was this something that uh, where you're like, oh. I already yeah. have it in my head. I've been in all these places. Well, I'm the age of the kid, basically, because, oh, you know, he was like, yeah. he figure was 1972 and he's 10. I right. was, you know, 11. He was, you know, when I was growing up, my, uh, my uncle George, who I was named after, he was my great uncle, pretty good drunk. As us, <laughs> as us Irish can be. Oh, I was going to, I was like, do I bring up alcohol? Oh, yeah, You're yeah, do it yeah. Your own. No, it's Great. easy Thank with you. us. Are you kidding? <laughs> By the way, this is a flask. <laughs> he, uh, my Uncle George worked at a bar, lived above it. It was like a, we used to call it a bucket of blood. It was just a disaster <laughs> of a horrible bar with a bunch of toothless, you know, drunks. And I was 10 years old, and I would spend the summers with him. He worked at the Riverdowns Racetrack near Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I would work in the parking lot, and I was a hot walker, walked the horses afterwards. And... Then we'd go into his apartment, which was a, you know, vodka bottles all over the floor and stuff. And we'd go down to the bar and I'd get him a pack of cigarettes and, you know, light them up for him and hang at the bar with all these weird characters. So I really knew this world like the back of my hand. It was fun, actually. Like all of that part of it, just being in the bar and being in that life was very fun. And then playing with the music, which was important to the me. The soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, the music was the music of my growing yeah, up. Yeah, it really you know? is. It's, and it's right from the get-go. Yeah. And it's, it's a tough world, too, because a lot of that music has been picked over by a lot of directors yeah. now. Yeah. And I felt comfortable from the opening shot. I was like, oh, this is going to be really nice. This is going to be fun. Uh, and the bar world was so specific. I feel like bars are one of those things where... Uh, you know whether the director spends time in them or not right from the first bar <laughs> I've spent time in a bar, yeah. okay? <laughs> I'll say it out loud. I've done it. Yeah. How well do you know Cars? That was the other thing. Obviously, this is a movie that's all about cars yeah. uh, and treats cars. I felt like you treated cars the way uh, you treat locations. And yeah. sometimes directors treat cars like props 
but there was love for all well, the Well, particularly the, uh, the, the car that Lily drives in, which we wanted a really a banger. And, and also the, my uncle George drove a thing we called the White Knight, which was a white Cadillac convertible. With all, <laughs> the, but the, it was a convertible only because the, there was no top on it. So when it <laughs> rained, you're, you know, it was just a disaster of a car with, you know, rust holding it together. But so I loved, I loved all of that, you know. And, and interestingly, I think when you're telling a story – there are a few things you can do to put people in a period because mm-hmm. a period's tricky to do. Um, anything can take you. When we did Good Night and Good Luck, for instance, yeah. we did it in black and white because we knew no one knew Edward R. Murrow in color. You know, so that it, it, there's oh, things you kind of have to pay attention to. And for this one, there are only a few things you can do to make it feel like uh, 1972. One of them is to try to shoot it along the style this is something that you did a little bit with with up in the air too, which is rack focuses and zooms. Right. And I saw uh, the zooms were great, and <laughs> and qu- and sort of quick cutting in the middle and stuff like that. The, the things that when the movies we watched from that period were cut like that and shot like that, so you could do that. The music was important in that same way to be able to try and use these. Like for instance, we didn't use you know just Jackson Brown tunes. We used like a whole song. Right. You know, we didn't use just little bits and pieces of the songs. We used big chunks of them. So it was just trying to, because, you know, you can do the wardrobe, you can do the hair, and it yeah, can yeah. really look like a, a pageant, you know, if you don't have all the other elements to it. So it's tricky, but, you know, there's so many good people you're working with that, you know, get you through it. Was the author involved? I mean, was this, uh, was he, did he take part of the, the, the film at all? Yes, yeah, sort of. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit different than the book, as right. you can imagine. And uh, he loves the movie, and he's like, I'm not quite sure it reminds me of my life, but I love the movie. And I said, welcome to show business, dude. You know, it's like, you know, um, I, three days of the condor was seven days of the condor in the book, I believe. <laughs> but yeah, he was around and he's great. And he's going to, he may or may not be able to be here for the, for the screening, but he's fantastic. Yeah, I would just imagine it'd be strange once you're dealing with someone's actual life. Yeah. Well, it's tricky, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's your life. And so... You have to look at it going, well, how much do we want to shit on your old man, you know? <laughs> I mean, because that's what we're going to do. I would imagine in this case, he'd have been like, I mean, go, carte it seems like rock it. and roll. Like, it seems uh, like he was fairly happy with that part of it. But it's just, you know, these are, anytime you're dealing with those kind of elements, it's, it's trickier, you know. But, was, was there a kind of movie that you were interested in making at this point? I mean, was there something where uh, when you hit Midnight Sky, where you're like, I need to make a science fiction film? Yeah. I, I, I said this because... I think you love directing more than any director I know. And, and, and I kind of knew that from even back on set. We were on set together and you would talk about technique and technique even that you remember from watching your father on television and watching yeah. the way crews worked and the way you would talk about how much you loved your crew. And uh, you, you seemed to love the actual act of making movies more than anyone I know. Well, I like working with people who love to do this. Look, guys, I mean, let's face it. We're the luckiest people in the world. I mean, you know, we get to be, it's make-believe and we get to do the kind of thing that, you know, I, I never could have imagined that I would be allowed to do this and play in this kind of a toy box. And so as long as they let you do it, you know, you do it. They're going to take it away, right? I mean, at some point they'll go, dude, you know, put the walker down and leave all the, <laughs> leave the actors alone and go. And so, you, you know, you, I want to, play with it as long as I can. And, you know, I've worked with, and we've talked about this before. It was, uh, you know, I've done 
four or five movies with the Coen brothers, uh, a bunch with Steven Soderbergh, with you, uh, with Alfonso Cuaron. I've worked with certain directors who love what they do. And when you work with directors who love what they do, everything is easy. Everything's easy. And that, that's the fun of it is, you know, we're so lucky to do what we do. And so few people get to do it. And, and so to me, it's, a, it's just nothing but enjoyable. And, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. People can not like stuff. It happens, you know. I've learned a lot from, uh, from failures and from things that didn't work, you know. That's a, it's helpful. It hurt, it's hurtful, but it's helpful. Oh, it sucks. Yeah, it hurts. It's so painful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much were you freewheeling on this film versus, like, I have to imagine on Midnight Sky it was – Everything Previs. was down to yeah. the frame, down to the inch. Yeah. Did you allow yourself the opportunity to show up on this film where you could say, I'm going to come to set? Because I know as far as rehearsal goes, yeah. you do not. Uh, I don't that rehearse. was something I learned from you. I was like, oh, I'm never rehearsing ever again. <laughs> We're working well, I, with talented enough people. We're going to figure this out on the day. It's so Because rehearsal is an interesting thing. I think there's places for it. But like, you know, again, with you, with uh, Soderbergh with, uh, you know, none of the guys that I've worked with that I really trust as directors. And there aren't that many that I really trust as an actor. They're not big rehearsers. They don't rehearse all that much. And part of the reason is because, you know, we can tape off a spot right here, all of us. And we let's say we're all doing a scene together. We'll tape it off and we'll work on it for a week. <laughs> and then we'll get to the set and it's, you know, there's planes flying overhead and a tank coming <laughs> over the hill and everything's different. Everything changes. And so what you find is I, I find is that it's so much more interesting when it happens, you know, right there, as long as you're prepared, you got to know your, you got to know your lines, you got to know yourself. Mm. And as a director, you know, I, I've done it both ways. I've storyboarded every single shot and every single scene, right. like I did in confessions and things like that. And then I've sort of gone like freewheeling it like we did in Ides of March. And, and we did a little bit of that here, you know. Mm -hmm. I knew that, I knew how we wanted to lens it. I knew how we wanted to, the style. I knew we, instead of uh, uh, cranes and dollies, we wanted to feel like zooms, you know, and that kind of stuff. It was really grounded. I mean, it really felt of the era. That's one of my favorite things about it. Well, that was sort of, that was the goal, you know. You never know if it works, but that's the goal. What do you think you learned on this one? Uh, how to wear a mask, you know, I learned how to wear a mask and, uh, no, you, I, I think you always learn stuff. Um, and I think you're constantly trying to figure out, you know, what works and, uh, you know, there is one element that is, you know, if I do one thing really well, it's I cast well, I'm an actor and so I can look at actors and if you cast well, you can get saved by a lot, you know. Good, good actors will save bad directing, you know. Good actors, will, you'll be like, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get this shot, go do this, and, and they do a really beautiful scene. You go, well, I, I don't really need that shot. I don't. I didn't need to do that at all. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just about telling the story and making sure the story is on the screen, and you know, catching that, catching and a that. A good lightning. actor will make it feel real mm -hmm. in a way that and save you from making it feel fake. But it's interesting because. A good actor is also the a right a, an actor who's cast well because I've seen a lot of good actors in parts that they're not well cast for and they they don't make it sing and I've seen actors who I have never seen be very good in things All of a be be brilliant so it is about 
oh, you're the right guy for this part or right girl for this part. Is there someone that you have not worked with yet who you're still like, I need to get to set with this person. I just want to know what it's like to direct them. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them. There's a few that I would never work with. <laughs> yeah, just give me that list. Exactly. Who's That's your a, least favorite director and exactly. uh, what actor will you never well, there, work with? There are, certain, there are certain actors over the years that I hear, I hear stories about and I go, yeah. Life's really, really too short for that. Oh, well, there's, I mean, there's even, like, brilliant actors where you're like, they're really good, but man alive, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, we've had those conversations yeah. in private, but yeah, there's a, <laughs> the, the short list is the ones you don't want to work with. Ask me you. after, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but do you know who, like, is there someone out there that... Uh, Them dying to work That with? you do, that you're like... I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think about. I mean, I think all, each of us would sort of... Hunt and try to and try to figure out who, who. There's actors that I think make things always better. Right. You know. Um, uh, you know. It, it, actors I've worked with as an actor who've always made things. You know, Don Cheadle makes every scene he's in better. He always has. And I've done I don't know, seven or eight jobs with right. him. Right. There's certain people that just do that. Um, so I don't know. It, it'd be hard to sort of name one. It's it's. Just, Fun to find some, uh, you know, but I can, uh, later I'll tell you the ones we won't work with. <laughs> we'll write those down. Well, uh, this is a stunning film, and oh. uh, I, I, I'm very, I feel very privileged that you asked me to come out here and moderate well, the theater tonight. Thanks, and man. It's good to we, see you. We are all very lucky that we got to see this movie tonight and to be here with you. Uh, thank you for the tender bar. Uh, George yeah. Clooney. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for coming out in a pandemic. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America 